0: From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT
1: shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. Patrick Henningsen and TNT. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. Welcome, i your host, Patrick Henningsen. Thank you for joining us here on TNT Today's News Talk. We've got a powerful Broadcast lined up for you today. Two hours of action-packed news and analysis in the first hour. Very pleased to be joined by Nico House uh, from Hotspot Media. We'll get some reactions from Nico. He's been following the Palestine story very closely. As everybody knows, if you haven't heard already, we'll talk about it. South Africa. Fired its opening salvo this morning in the wee hours of the morning in The Hague, in the Netherlands, uh, in their genocide convention, opening arguments against Israel. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Nico will join us in the first hour. Looking forward to his take, as always. Uh, And then in the second hour, we'll catch up to Basil Valentine, our roving correspondent. He'll be joining us again with his reaction from this historic uh, move by South Africa at the International Courts of Justice. And also in the second hour, we'll be joined by Christian James, our research assistant for the show has been looking into this interesting story about the cartel coup in Ecuador. You've probably seen the videos on social media. You've probably seen the reports. It's pretty shocking, almost like a state of anarchy, uh, but a little bit violent as well. What does this mean? Christian's been looking into this. It's got kind of an interesting backstory. All is not what it appears It's usually the case when you see these things break, uh, and that's why we've got Christian to look into the backstory on this, find out what it all really means. I'm looking forward to that conversation, as usual with Christian, in the second uh, hour. So anyway, history was made. History was made this morning. I woke up at about 2 a.m. I was a little bit late. I think it started at 1.30 a.m. Mountain Time here. So it was about 8.30 GMT, Greenwich Mean Time, 8.30 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time so south africa uh, gave its opening arguments in international courts of justice in the hague uh, saying basically laying out the case for genocide uh, asking for an emergency emergency injunction emergency measures to be put in place to prevent more genocide happening at the hands of the israelis It's interesting to look at the global media reaction to this. Of course, Israel haven't really checked the Israeli press, but they're sort of beside themselves a little bit, but I still see the propaganda in the headlines. In the New York times, just this morning, the headline reads Israel Hamas war. Uh, That in itself is propaganda. And other, CNN's doing the same thing. The latest in Israel's war on Hamas. uh, No, it's Israel's war on Palestine. It's Israel's war on the people of Gaza. That case was laid out today in the International Courts of Justice. I can't tell you what a stunning brief that was executed by the South African team. We'll see uh, if it's successful. Uh, All indications are that this is a very, very strong case legally. We all know it's a slam dunk just by looking at the prima facie evidence, but that's us out here in the public. Uh, There's politics in the courts, and all of those judges are gonna be leaned on. Some of the American-affiliated judges and also Israeli-affiliated and people who are basically in the tank for Tel Aviv they'll probably uh, rule against it in some way, shape, or form or uh, give some other alternative argument on this. But uh, so everyone's looking for uh, an excuse uh, to possibly not give that guilty vote to Israel, but uh, hopefully the majority of these judges will vote their conscience and be objective and be professional. The case is overwhelming. But yeah, we're still seeing this propaganda uh, in the, the, the mainstream press in the West. It's so funny, but I'm looking at the Jerusalem Post here. And the headline reads, ICJ Genocide Hearing. You wanted hell, you'll get hell. South Africa quotes Israel. South Africa contends that Israel has transgressed Article 2 of the Genocide Convention Committing Acts that will fall within the definition of genocide. That's what it all, that's what it's all about. That's all that matters uh, here is that according to this treaty, which all of these countries have ratified after World War II, including Israel. It's part of, they've signed on to it as well. Uh, Are they against genocide? And does this uh, rise to the standard of the definition of genocide? And it seems like the answer is an overwhelming yes. So to me, it's a formality. What happens? Israel's going to give its two or three hours of arguments tomorrow on Friday around the same time, 8.30 uh, a.m. GMT. And you can kind of predict what the Israeli arguments are going to be. It's going to be hamas the rockets october 7th this terrible atrocity the worst uh, atrocity against jews since the holocaust etc cetera, etc cetera. uh we've we've heard all this before in the press uh some of this is quite frankly hot air like the worst atrocity since the holocaust is they'll probably say 1400 uh, uh innocent uh, jews have been killed on october 7th that's a lie uh, israel itself has revised those figures I think they first they counted 200 Palestinian fighters in there. They had to take 200 out of their 1,400 total. then they revised again down below a thousand. And then we find out that uh, something like I don't know four, between four and 500 were armed combatants. That brings the number down to about 400 uh, civilians possibly here that we're talking about. And then we find out that hundreds of them were killed in friendly fire by the IDF themselves. So now we're down to between maybe zero and 200 civilians that may have been killed, may have been killed by Palestinian militants. I'm sure some were, but it wasn't 1,400. It wasn't 1,200. It wasn't 1,000. It wasn't 800. It wasn't 500. It wasn't 400. So think about that. Could you justify the carpet bombing of Gaza in the World Court of Public Opinion in the aftermath of October 7th? Uh, If it was, you know, 100 Israeli civilians were killed in a Hamas uh, uh, raid uh, outside, escaping from their compound uh, in Gaza, the world's largest concentration camp, that's a very different narrative than uh, a terrorist attack which butchered 1,400 uh, uh, Israelis. Okay. Context is important. Details are important. None of that was given to us. Uh, in the aftermath of October 7th, which many claim was worse than 9-11. Honestly, uh, it's laughable. The comparison is laughable. It's almost as bad as January 6th, the insurrection in America. Worse than 9-11. America's Pearl Harbor or whatever. You're getting these demagoguery comparisons that are just ridiculous. Too many of them, in fact. This is like the new trend, uh, unfortunately, that we're seeing constantly. Anyway, uh, the case was made by uh, South Africa. I listened to most of the arguments. I have to say they did a pretty stunning job, although they didn't challenge the narrative on October 7th. I think either those details weren't clear by the time they had filed uh, their sort of arguments, their case. So this would have all been put together in December. Uh, Maybe they didn't have the relevant information. They didn't want to go too deep into that. But uh, nonetheless, the argument they made, which I think is quite a salient one, was even if there was atrocities uh, committed on October 7th in the context of a Palestinian uprising or resistance, um, they do not justify in any way, shape, or form the reaction uh, which Israel unleashed, nor do they justify genocide in any form, at any level even if we're talking about hundreds of Palestinians, not justified. So what you see here is Israel wanted to write its own rule book for international law, what's acceptable among civilized nations, They're basically rewriting their own rule book, which is barbaric and medieval in the extreme. I think what we've seen, and of course, no tears shed really in the West uh, for the upwards of 30,000 Palestinians, innocent civilians have been butchered, maimed, wounded for life, disfigured, and many, many thousands more are due to die because Israel cut off all the food, the water, the electricity, the humanitarian aid, the medical supplies, bombed all of Palestine's hospitals, targeted UN shelters, UN schools, merciless, leveling refugee camps, densely populated refugee camps, in fact, just a few days ago was the deadliest—the deadliest day in this whole this whole disaster—in terms of fatalities on the Palestinian side, mostly women and children. Of course, not Hamas militants. No, they—they're not hitting very many of those. But They're sure doing a good job. The, the Israelis about killing civilians. Many will argue that's the only real uh, achievement. Israel, the, the IDF, the vaunted IDF. The greatest achievement since 1973 has been killing a lot of civilians, unarmed civilians, with the latest high tech weaponry supplied by Uncle Sam himself. That's the facts, ladies and gentlemen. And South Africa laid it out in front of the world. To me, it's a historic moment. It's a historic moment where Israel, backed by the West, has been dragged into an institution created by the West in the wake of World War II to prevent the very genocide that we've witnessed playing out in real time on our phones, on our TVs, on our laptops over the last three months. That is historic. Israel's been in the dock. They can't walk out and protest. No theatrics like they do in the UN. They had to sit there and listen, and the case was damning. We'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll talk about what's going to happen tomorrow when Israel makes its counter argument. That's going to be uh, uh, entertaining, but not in a good way, uh, unfortunately. Brace yourselves, folks, for a propaganda onslaught tomorrow. We'll talk about that with our next guest, Nico House from Hotspot. He's going to join us on the other side. I'm Patrick Kenningson. This is TNT today's news talk we'll be right back you should hear what ross cameron is talking about i see there's a new trend taking place sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks where you go for a walk without your iphone without uh, a headset and just alone with your thoughts apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing but subsequently liberating i uh, certainly i find if i get get into a motor vehicle with a teenager it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, taylor swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus we are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company ross cameron on today's news talk radio tnt
0: I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do that.
1: Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world.
0: The people who are consuming this are children 13, 14, 15 years old and it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day and looked at myself in the mirror and asked myself what the heck am I doing. When trans identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now?
1: D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. Internet.
0: Internet. A stream online.
1: TNTradio.live, today's news talk radio. TNT. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're still in hour number one of this live broadcast. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. Thank you for rejoining us. Big hello to everybody and a big thank you to everybody in the TNT chat community. You'll see that little red bubble in the lower right-hand part of your screen when you go to tntradio.live. That's our TNT chat community. Looks like it's filling up there. Appreciate all you guys, all the activity. The memes, the chatter, the opposition research, loving that. Thank you for your contributions, everybody. That's where you want to hang out during the program now uh before the break uh, we were talking about the historic moment which has just taken place uh this morning south africa uh tabled its opening arguments uh for the genocide convention at the international courts of justice in the hague in the netherlands it was pretty stunning it was three hours long we've uh, posted the full length uh video of that from UN Web tv that's up at 21st century Wire.com, but you can watch that on youtube and a number of platforms it's freely available i encourage everybody to watch it uh there were pres- presentations made by interventions by the south african delegation also from ireland as well uh, part of their legal team and, uh, and others. And, uh, the, the case is pretty, pretty comprehensive. We'll talk about what to expect tomorrow, but I want to welcome on to the stage, uh, political commentator, Nico house hotspot media is his organization. Follow him on X Twitter for the latest hot takes on a number of these top stories. Nico, welcome to TNT. Hey,
0: what's going on, Pat? Glad to be back.
1: No, it's great to have you, Nico. And, uh, I want to get your reaction firstly on, on what's happened. Uh, it's, you know, what are your, what are your initial thoughts on this? Just more broadly, how does this sit in the, uh, the general political spectrum right now, uh, on the planet? Go ahead so uh one of the things that i think is very important to talk
0: about because i know a lot of people are going to be uh results focused and they want to they're going to, going to want to know who's going to be punished and things of that nature and of course that's a very important aspect but i want to kind of trail back a little bit and talk about the dnc fraud lawsuit because it's actually i have the same sentiments about this as i did about that this is important not necessarily because of the conclusion that the courts come to, even though I'm pretty sure we all know what the conclusion will be. What's important is this conversation. The fact that these headlines are filled now with a list of every single crime that uh, Israel has committed in Gaza. The fact that we're now having an open conversation, even though you and I have been talking about it on Twitter, you've had these people talking about it on TikTok, but now There is official documentation uh, in a court of criminal law that mentions the fact that, uh, no, this didn't start on October 7th, homie. Y'all can keep saying that, but that's not what happened. So to use that as an excuse for your genocide needs to be thrown out the window. That needs to be thrown out the window because that's not what happened. It's showing the duplicity of the United States and how they don't actually care about uh, not just the United States, but I would say basically all the NATO powers, um, how they don't actually care about human rights. And it also shows that the 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 plight of the, the Palestinian people is no longer going under the radar. And, and that is what's important. When, we to, when, I, when I mentioned the DNC fraud lawsuit, I said, yeah, the, the, the lawsuit, if we would have won it, it would have been great. But it wasn't to overturn the election. We already knew how that was going to go. What was important was the discovery. What was important was when bruce spiva sat there in front of a federal judge in the entire world and said the dnc can cheat and they feel like they have the right to and that we can't do anything about it which now let the world know exactly how to how to uh, regard the democratic party uh, as the corrupt organization pretending to be a political apparatus that they are but It's it's basically we're seeing the same thing happen with Israel play out. Now the world is seeing in real time through breaking news, breaking headlines, these videos, these clips, these segments that have been posted just how horrible Israel has treated Gaza. because there are people who are paying attention now. They were they 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 know how horrible the the Palestinians are being treated, but they're only aware of how horrible they've been treated since October. There are now people finding out how horrible they've been treated for 60 years.
1: You make a good point there i think you're you know talking about you know a lot of people are expecting results expecting some like immediate results from this a silver bullet uh if you will as if it's somehow going to change the tide of everything but like the uh, dnc fraud lawsuit that you're talking about where the the democratic party rigged their primaries not once but twice but uh Mm -hmm. that it's three times they're they're on three times now (laughs) <laughs> three times and and counting but the, the the act is done the deeds already been done what's important is that's on the record it's on and some kind of an official record that people can point to in history and saying, look, this actually happened. Here's an acknowledgement of it. The discovery was there, the evidence was there. And I think that's what's happened with South Africa here. I mean, we can talk about the ins and outs of all the things that could happen uh, in the sequence of events that could unfold uh, to hold South Africa to account, I'm uh, sorry, to hold Israel to account, South Africa holding mm. Israel to account and the international community for genocide against the Palestinian people so but um that's uh that's an important point the other thing is on this uh nico uh how how significant is this to this scene the image of this to to have uh, a country like israel in the dock which is heavily favored by the western powers and if you look at who's supporting the south african uh uh, case there's there's nobody from europe Oh, there's just ireland maybe belgium and there's pretty much no european of
0: itself right the fact that it's it, it ireland is. It's, yeah. it's ironic right it's, that would be almost uh tantamount to perhaps um like uh, uh puerto rico uh defending it's you know def- calling out uh, um uh, g- a genocide in this particular case with Israel and and knowing that the United States is looking there, staring at them like this. Because the UK knows that they were complicit uh, in the genocide of Israel, but also in the genocide of Ireland in the same way that uh, the United States has actually committed a lot of human rights atrocities against Puerto Rico. It's like the same thing. Of course, Ireland would be on the side of South Africa. Obviously, South Africa would be on the side of the Palestinian people. Uh, Not only has Nelson Mandela obviously Uh, historically been on the side of Nelson Mandela as the first president, but it's also important to remember, and I love, because I I know you saw that John Fetterman clip where he says, oh, I think that South Africa should sit this one out. No, actually they shouldn't, because I don't know if y'all have seen who's been talking. It's been the South Africans who have been part of the liberation of South Africa from apartheid. They know exactly what apartheid looks like. If there's anyone who should not be sitting this out, it is literally South Africa. They have taken the burden of their experiences and the responsibility that they have to make change, and they are literally using it to hold that apartheid state accountable. I don't know what else. Like, this is this is the exactly what should be happening this is what we expect to happen. So it's 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 impressive to me that the two states or two countries rather that. Actually understand what's happening because they've been acting, they've actively suffered under two apartheid regimes to some degree. Um, hell, I would say that Ireland, Ireland still has their own weird thing where some of them are kind of part of Ireland, but some of them are kind of not. It's a whole thing. But like, even still, those two countries who've had those experiences are actively speaking up because they're like, yo, hey guys. I don't know if y'all know this, but we have some experience in this department. Maybe we can enlighten y'all on exactly how this is a genocide. And it speaks even more volumes, how the United States, once again, the UK, uh, the countries that actually have been sending money to Ukraine, ironically enough, claiming that Russia's committing war crimes, that Russia's committing human rights atrocities, all of a sudden they're like, hey guys, we haven't seen anything. Mm-mm, mm-mm, I haven't seen nothing. I Look, Stevie Wonder, they're Stevie Wonder. They haven't seen anything, apparently. They can sing, right? They can tell a good story. They can they can put on the mask in front of the media and, and scream like they're the victims, uh, scream like Israel's defending itself. But um, when it came to Russia, literally anything, if if Putin woke up woke up and accidentally stepped on an ant on the way to the bathroom, they were calling it a human rights atrocity and calling it a war crime. But all of a sudden, babies are being killed in the hospital five minutes after after they were born. That's not a war crime
1: yeah it, it, it's so it's so over the top that it even justifies analysis and I think that's actually one of the problems that the uh the, the the South Africans have and anybody making this case is just it's just there's so much nobody has seen anything like this this much evidence assembled plus the statements of intent and traditionally yes. that's <laughs> the most difficult thing in a genocide case go ahead Nico yeah no
0: yeah no 100 that's the, that's the thing that that kills me is like hold on. I don't understand why we're debating whether this is a genocide. I'm pretty sure that there's like they they said it. They just didn't. They didn't use the word genocide. They just said, hey, we're going to kill every Palestinian in Gaza until they decide to move to a different country and completely empty that area so that Israelis can live there instead. Guys. My name isn't Webster. I know a guy named Webster and I watched the show Webster on it. My name is a Webster. I understand that. But that is basically Webster's definition of genocide with more words attached to it. Literally, that's not hyperbole. People think that they think that uh you have to kill everybody for it to be a genocide. That's a, that's a common misconception. No, that's not what genocide means. Genocide cuz cuz that's like saying, "Oh, the the indigenous were not genocided by the colonial settlers here in the US because there're still some indigenous people left, so it's okay." No, they still got genocided. That's what happened. That's what's happening right now. A, excuse me, Milikowski, BB Milikowski. I just got to call him by his real name. I don't want him to keep getting away with the nonsense. That's his real name, guys. He's Polish and he and also from Philly somehow. But yeah, Milikowski <laughs> has made it clear that their goal was to genocide people. He, There is a whole plan by the by the Israeli government that outlines a plan to pay off Egypt to take the Palestinians that are left in move them there into refugee camps, literally a plan. And then they got, there was, there was a guy got it, who got interviewed uh, on Israeli television who was like, man, we're trying to pay people to take them. We want people to take them all. He literally said that. So, and he's like, well, how are you going to put the interviewer asked her, him, excuse me, how are we going to put pressure on them? Well, we're doing it right now with the war. So you're killing people to get the rest of them to move so that you could take their land. Guys, I, what else? Do you need to hear the? I mean, I'm glad that we're having this case. I'm glad it is being discussed. But the fact that we that this is even a debate, but that that anyone one believes is worthy of having. the only reason that this this should be a debate is because we're trying to determine just how severe the consequences should be for what they have done. That is the debate. It is not to figure out whether or not a genocide is actually being committed. You don't have to figure it out because they told you what the hell they wanted to do.
1: Let's go through the consequences of this. Where will this lead uh, in terms of the the process on this? So if if there's a ruling on this and very quickly for an emergency injunction, this is to halt genocidal activities by the state of Israel against the people of Gaza, a cease and desist letter uh, would be then served. And then from there, uh, if they comply or don't comply, this is eventually can go then to the UN Security Council where there will be a vote. We know it will, who will veto that, probably the United States. Then mm-hmm. it can go directly. It doesn't die there in this case because it's the world court. It goes to the UN General Assembly and a simple majority vote on this and invoking the uniting for peace resolution. Uh, And then from there, we can have the uh, UN could potentially suspend Israel as a UN member. Very, very big step. And even give Palestinian full membership, the Palestinian uh, entity, state or whatever, but will be recognized with higher status uh, as Israel could be suspended. These are all possibilities. And from there, we could have an international tribunal, Allah, what was done with Yugoslavia uh, in The Hague mm-hmm. uh, with Slobodan Milošević, which I, I personally do not support the breakup of Yugoslavia. That's a separate debate. Um, we can talk about that. And that was it, when it was what, being
0: weaponized. The UN was weaponized. That wasn't that. Yes. Exact, but that's what could happen, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, um, but the, these are the things that could happen. Sanctions could be recommended on the back of this as well. So, all of these things are possibilities uh, going forward. And uh, in addition to that, prosecutions could then be recommended and that could be recommended to the ICC, which is the international criminal court that deals with individuals. The uh, ICJ deals with countries. Um, so all of these things are possible. This is early days. Uh, we could see some different things happening. It's, this is going to be a long drawn out process, um, Nico, yeah. but, I want to talk about this, though, just from a geopolitical point of view. Um, there's, I was talking to some my South African colleagues uh, just after this. We had a Twitter space on this, and we heard from some South African. It was very emotional for South Africans to see their uh, ju- judicial heads, their uh, uh, heads of institutions make this presentation to the world court. Um, this was a very emotional thing for them. And I think this is quite a powerful thing. If you think about it, which is drawing a line between, uh, Africa and the middle East, um, in a way that hasn't been done before, but we're going to get Nico's reaction on this and more. Let's take a quick break with TNT today's news talk. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. We'll be right back.
0: While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense. The medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little
1: help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more
0: veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason
1: to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.
0: Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. To learn more, visit nature.org today.
1: Patrick Henningson talks on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right, welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to TNT Today's News Talk. We're in our number one of this live broadcast. I'm your host, Patrick Enningson. Uh, before the break, uh, we were talking about getting some reactions uh, from South Africa's uh, case, which they have laid out their opening case for an emergency injunction against Israel for the crime of genocide. And so on the line right now with us in audio and visual is Nico House, Hotspot Media. He's joining us right now. Nico, Uh, Thinking about this in context of a multipolar world that's emerging, uh, this is really significant. We've got a direct, very powerful line that's now been connecting Africa to the Middle East. And South Africa has taken the initiative. They're leading this globally and Mm. the world is behind them except for north america and most of europe and australia uh, pretty much people from every continent are backing the south african case so i think i find this very interesting and as you know uh africa is going through major transition right now uh politically economically and it finding its place in 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 the uh the geopolitical landscape but uh um, your, your thoughts on the significance of this more from a broader geopolitical perspective
0: muammar gaddafi would be proud right because we know he has been working with or he was working with arab leaders and middle eastern leaders and african leaders to unite the two continents before he was killed and obviously a lot of people would argue probably rightfully so that that was why he was killed um but this is why it's so important that it isn't put on the shoulders of one individual like Muammar Gaddafi or Bashar al-Assad and in his case um, and the list goes on. This is why it's important for there to be a, a unified level of accountability and responsibility in challenging the empire. Obviously, Israel being a key asset to the empire, you can't kill all the judges. You can't, you can't, you know, everybody you can't hit everybody with, the, oh, but they gassed their own people. You can't hit all the judges with that. You can't hit every leader with that. Everybody who's gonna testify, the a lot of the United States for the first time probably hearing your name today. And they're like, damn, we didn't know about him. We didn't know about her. We didn't know about it. Yeah, good. You know what that means? That means c- people have taken collective accountability and responsibility to ensure that stuff like this doesn't happen again in the future. Um, and that they didn't pull up the ladder when they conquered their demons. Uh, South Africa specifically, Ireland as well. They didn't just pull up the ladder and say, we don't have to deal with this anymore. So, hey, you know, we're good. They brought attention to Gaza and what's happening there. And they're bringing attention to Gaza and what's happening there and Palestine in general, because now a lot of people, because they've been, you know, Israel has been pushing that Hamas narrative over and over and over again. But because of that, the videos have surfaced from the West Bank. And we all know there is no Gaza, excuse me, there is no Hamas in the West Bank. And yet, we're still finding out that Palestinians are being killed there. So, we're 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 at, we're at a point now. We're at a point now where people are are being educated on things that they were never even aware was happening. And now the excuses are dying, and that's because one country, uh, from a from a continent that is evolving in every way, whether it be politically or economically has continued a mission of of Muammar Gaddafi uh, and a lot of people who have wanted to see this unity because they wanted to challenge the Western Empire or the NATO powers that be. And it's a beautiful thing to see because we know where the resources are, right? The, the majority of the resources in the world that would help the, the run the world uh, are in Africa, obviously. A lot of them are in, in a, a lot of them are in the Middle East. And then where they're not there, they're in places like Brazil. Who also lies on the side of uh, of uh, Gaza and the Palestinian people? They're in places like Bolivia. They're in places like um, uh, uh, Argentina, where there was leftists, but now. Th- but you see how hard they're working to get these right wing people in because they see what's coming. <laughs> All over the world, NATO's their days are numbered, right? Their days are numbered in this this attempt at working together to to bring accountability. Because because of their experiences, and that's the important part. Because of their experiences, they know how important it is for people to pay attention, and for you to use the power of microphone that you have to bring attention. Because of that, where people are awake. Finally, they're awake, man. You, remember, bro, you remember how controversial it was back in the day, two years ago, Pat, to bring it t- to talk about this, to talk about what Israel mm-hmm. was doing to Palestine. That was a controversial stance. And now look.
1: Yeah, and, and a few uh, two months ago. Three months ago it was controversial to call for a ceasefire just that that was you know borderline anti-semitic uh according to some people uh so Everything yeah I mean, we, we've come a long way <laughs> even in a couple of months uh the world has come a long way on this issue as well as what you're saying in the last few years um but uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I i had this i was speaking to a uh, someone from palestine and they were practically in tears this morning because for them to see people from south africa from ireland from other countries standing together, uh, standing up for them. That me- that mean that meant a lot to them to have the global audience. And by the way, UN web TV, this is arguably their high- one of the highest rated broadcasts they've ever done. And it looked like the stream was knocked out, uh, in a couple of occasions, because <laughs> everybody from around the world was <laughs> tuning in. Everybody wanted to watch this and, and literally yeah, it's just opening and- arguments. But to go ahead, Nico.
0: No, I'm just saying because I know it sounds silly because there are still people dying. And and my biggest gripe is that uh, while this process is ongoing, there are going to be thousands of more people who were killed. That's that's my biggest problem with this entire situation, not to mention this war that Netanyahu is trying to start with Lebanon because his own people are even tired of the way that he's been handling the situation in Gaza. But on the flip side of that, it's one thing when your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, cousins, Are dying and the world is silent about it right that's totally like it's horrifying in and of itself for that to happen but at least now the pain and the plight that you're going through the world is now aware of and you know regardless of what happens going forward you now know you have allies out there that in and of itself can give somebody the strength to go on the next day right that can give somebody the inspiration to, to to continue to show what like what we've seen these brave journalists who have been targeted by Israel, by the way. And I really hope that that becomes a, a central part of the conversation during these hearings because they clearly have been targeted, right? And maybe that inspires somebody else to step into that role because we need it still. The, the, the conflict is still ongoing. But now they know if they step into that role, it won't, if they step into that role, it won't just stop in Israel. It won't just be, it won't just stop it you know in Palestine or or, or Al Jazeera in the Middle East no if they if they step into that role the world's still paying attention right and that in and of itself uh, is inspiring and I can so I understand why Palestinians across the world would be emotional finally seeing and not just in one city in you know, like Raleigh North Carolina I was accustomed to seeing pro-Palestine protests because of the Arab population there right. This is this is happening in places like Minnesota. This is happening in places like Texas. This is happening in places all over the world who had never paid attention. And like that's got to be inspiring because, you know, maybe it won't be this generation. Maybe it'll be two generations from now. But at least we finally acknowledge the problem. We acknowledge the disease so now we can finally create a solution to treat it.
1: And this this doesn't just leave uh, Washington and the Washington consensus in a really, really precarious spot here from a public relations point of view, from a political point of view, because they have two choices. They could trash the UN trash the international institutions uh say that there's no merit they already came out and said I think John Kirby White House spokesman, said this there's no merit to this case you know like ridiculous Kirby but and uh
0: it, and uh what's his name um Blinken both of them said it recently
1: mm-hmm. where are they going to go now Nico I mean because it's 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 a very uh credible individuals the, the the they've lived apartheid they've come through the other side they're taking up this case on behalf of another weaker uh, state that's being clearly bullied. Uh, there's going to have to be a split in Washington. Gonna, people are going to have to break ranks, or are they going to yeah. all double down in unison? How's this going to play out, Nico? No, they're going to
0: break ranks. They're going, it's, it's it's already, I mean, because it's not just about Israel and Palestine. It, this is a very inconvenient issue for Washington, D.C. right now, Pat. Netanyahu, excuse me, Milikowski, my apologies, mm-hmm. um, he... he has put the the world really in a pre- very precarious predicament because they're still dealing with the backlash from the Ukrainian war, right? They're still dealing with that. They're still dealing with the backlash of the Democratic Party in particular. They're still dealing with the backlash of the fact that, yeah, y'all guy is not popular and pe- the, the, the elite Democrats want him out, but also they have no idea who's gonna fill the power vacuum. So everything in the Democratic Party right now is, Who's going to be the next guy up or the next woman up? They don't have that answer. So guess what? Everybody's going to start making business decisions about what they do and what they do not support. The Republican Party still has to deal with Trump and that whole situation. Do we get behind Trump and use this as an opportunity because we know the Democrats are a little bit fractured right now? Or do their egos get involved and they still have, you know, still send people after Trump and still try to get behind the Democrats, which probably isn't a good idea because they're not really unified right now, are they? So. This issue coming at a, at the time that it's coming is very, very inconvenient because in both parties, they have, uh, the, yeah, the, the party elites are Zionists for the most part, but some of the loudest voices are not. So that you have that issue. Some of the loudest activists are not. I know conservatives with millions of followers who had to be like, hold up, guys, whoa, this is where we part ways, right? We, we can look at what's happening with Candace Owens and Bishop Hill right now. What's <laughs> with the world, the powers that be like Netanyahu, For especially what's crazy is knowing that this attack was going to happen. Because we got to remember that he knew and he still allowed it to happen because he, of his political convenience for him. Right. He put all of those politicians in a precarious predicament. And I personally believe he's aware of that. And that's part of the reason why this um, this Epstein list dropped when it did. It was just a little bit of a reminder like, hey, guys, I, I know. God, I know. Look my bad probably should have gave y'all some warning about this but let's not forget uh my my little flash drop that I got hanging in my drawer in my in my sock drawer right that's what I think that was about um but there are a lot of politicians who who are a little bit past the FC era he ain't got nothing on them and that's who probably is going to try to come and see and take power so if you try to take power uh and you're pro pro genocide um uh, public I don't think it's gonna go well for you Look at those polling numbers for 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 Biden. I don't think it's going to go well for you if you do that. So now you're going to have people, even if even if it is for selfish reasons, challenging Israel and calling out that genocide, which in my opinion is just as important because liberals, you know them, they're gonna they just they believe the gospel. So if if so and so from such and such liberal democratic church says it, then they're gonna believe it, right? That's why a lot of those accounts got banned the other day. We gonna that's a whole different conversation, but. Yeah, that's it's, it's also it's very important that even the pe- even if it's for selfish reasons, all these people who are trying to gain power, you gotta be on the side of Palestine. Cause now the polling numbers have shown it, the social media numbers have shown it. Hell, Joanne Reed is on the right side of history, guys. Joy Reed. <laughs> Joanne Reed. So like, yeah. can you can, can you go ahead and just dunk the alley oop, guys? That's what we're that's all we're saying. Stam alley oop for your career. Just get it right. That's all we're saying.
1: Any any issue, Nico, that could somehow uh join AOC and Marjorie Taylor Green. Uh, uh, MTG, MTG and AOC, any issue that brings th- those two together, you really have to raise your eyebrows and and and, and smell the coffee at that point that you're actually yeah. looking at something that's seriously profound. Why? Because this basically exposes the two-party uh, consensus, the d- two, two-party duopoly, the corruption of this uniparty. This issue has really exposed it. I know Ukraine did, oh, yeah. and I know other issues have but this is really but on the foreign some policy were able front. To, some ahead.
0: were able to slide on Ukraine though, right? Like MG, Marjorie Taylor Greene was able to slide a little bit on Ukraine. There were some able to dodge that, right? RFK Jr., like him on the majority of issues, not on this. He's horrible on mm. this shit. And he was able, yep. and be, I mean, I've always said that his, his weakness was foreign policy, and that was actually not even an insult at the time. I was just saying, like, this man has been fighting environmental cases for the majority of his career, fighting from, for 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 medical freedom. That like, you can only have so many wheelhouses, and you but you have to sacrifice some. Foreign policy was always going to be a weakness for him, for him. But like, he was able to slide on this until this came around, and I were like, well. That's all. Bro, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. All of them. Everybody who was able to slide on the Ukraine issue. But it also shows me in my in my humble opinion, who did not did not actually understand the Ukraine issue. Right. Did you were you just anti-democrat and you realized the Democrats loved it and, and therefore you should have hated it? Is that was that what this is really about? Right. Or, or did you actually understand it? You can't understand g- genuinely. I believe that you can't understand any imperialistic international struggle if you fail to understand Gaza, uh, Palestine and Israel. You can't. You can't understand the civil rights movement. If you don't understand it, you can't understand the South African apartheid. If you don't. You can't understand how Maduro has managed to stay in power for so long, despite every single effort that the U.S. has made to oust him. Why? Because there is the unity of the African and the Mestizo and the indigenous population against what they know will be an economic apartheid. They've already survived it. Cuba, why do you think they couldn't kill Fidel? How was Fidel even able to take over after they had so many attempts to take over? Because he said, hey, we just go, I can't promise you perfection, but I can promise you promise you, you won't be segregated anymore and you'll have a fair shot. And that's all they needed. They said, you know what? Better than the last guy. At least I won't be a slave anymore like you can't understand any of these international issues unless you understand Israel and Palestine that is literally the 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 caricature that is the blueprint of the empire. We said this, we wrote this on a piece of paper. We don't know who gave us the authority to do this, but we wrote this on a piece of paper and now it is what it is. Deal with it. And if you don't deal with it, you know, there's two you got you won't be called an anti-semitic in that particular case, but if you don't deal with it, we'll just label you a a, a war criminal or and we'll we'll make sure that we deal with you. Right? We're going we're going to take you out. We're going to sanction your country. We're going to call you anti semitic We're going to kill your careers. That's that is the blueprint of the empire if you understand this conflict you can use that as a trampoline to help you understand every other conflict in one form or another uh, that involves the empire around the world
1: i, I like to call it the uh, the rorschach test uh of of, mm. of foreign policy uh israel palestine and just on first glance if you don't get it on first glance, within ten seconds, it really is a real test to see where people are are, are at on this, Nico. And uh, but it, it, Americans tend to treat this like a buffet. They're like, "Well, yeah, mm. I agree with you on Ukraine, but not Israel and not Venezuela. That's different." They're not looking at this holistically. That's the frustrating part. I think that's kind of what you're getting yeah. at, Nico. Here, yeah. it's a very—it's very frustrating. They're not looking at the fundamentals, and the fundamentals Absolutely. are. Uh, total manipulation of economic systems destroying economies destroying countries in order to weaken them in order to come in and buy them up at pennies on the dollar and if they don't comply strangle them until the regime dies like that's the playbook and if, and right? if anyone
0: challenges yeah, them they're a dictator
1: yeah or a terrorist <laughs> that's how it goes or, yeah or, or a, a terrorist, terrorist. yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. that's that's how it goes like i mean people forget under trump this man tried to label the entire Iranian army as terrorist organization. <laughs> like, that is a military, y'all. I don't know if y'all know, but it's actually one of the largest and most successful military operations in the world. But just because you don't like them and they're brown and they don't practice the same religion as you does not mean that they're a terrorist organization. That is absolutely ridiculous. But we've been conditioned to believe that that is the case. That is because they know that they have trained you to hear the word terrorist and assume that those people are evil animals who are not worthy of living. That way we can do whatever we want to to them and the American people will not react. Bro, it is hard. It's hard for me to sleep at night. It's, it's, it's been for six or seven years now because I live in the country, well, not anymore, but I lived in the country and I live in a world. Where they, I know that there are people who are OK with the fact that there, Israel right now, for example, has, is probably preparing to drop a bomb on a little girl's home in Syria and they don't give a fuck. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, she's in Syria. She's Arab. She's Muslim. That's why. If it was a little white girl in Nowheresville, Indiana, the world would be in a, ra- would be in a rage. She's like, oh, God, how could that ever happen here? And God shows a country? But it's, it's it's that's just what happens over there. That's just how those people are. No, that's not how those people are. That is actually prior to the I would say the Balkanization, if you will, of the Middle East. Whereas the Ottoman Empire, this was running shit for a very very long time. You think that they would they would be. A uh, 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 empire could last that long if it was totally and completely nuts and destabil and, and, and like dest- unstable within the. No, there was a reason why they were so successful, but there was also a reason why it was split in the way it was, and why they've been purposely kept unstable since then. Because the world, kind of like with 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 some of the countries you see, the U.S. interfering with Africa and the Central and South America, the world knows if they were allowed to unite. Right. Without the because a lot of the extremism, quote unquote, in uh, the Middle East, that is American funded and American created. They didn't have terrorists before America literally created. They took a school and put it in uh, Pakistan and they trained terror. They trained people on how to be extremist terrorists. This is a fact, people. They knew that that empire was uh, was going to be a threat if they w- were allowed to, main- to maintain. And so they had to break it up like they like they did with Russia, right? That was what the, I hate to break some of my leftist hearts, but that was what the Bolshevik revolution was actually about. It wasn't about the workers uniting. It was about Trotsky being a puppet and they're breaking up Russia and getting out the hands of the royal family because it's, it's a lot harder to challenge an empire that is unified, and if you have political transition and a little bit of political unrest, then it's a lot easier to take him over. And that's what Trotsky's role was. But Stalin kind of came out of nowhere and, and, and messed that whole thing up. But that was what that was always about. You want to know how, you know, because they did it. They did World War Two. And they were like, hey, man, we're going to try this shit one more time. And that's what happened. They balkanized Russia effectively. And so they... Don't tell me that these people are inherently animalistic. That they because oh man, look oh they got they got little pedophiles over there, bro. First of all, I know y'all Catholic church motherfuckers. I know that y'all ain't talking about <laughs> pedophilia. Y'all got the whole goddamn world, all world governments protecting the pedophiles. You going and bowing in front of and asking forgiveness from and confessing to every Sunday. For real, y'all want to talk about pedophiles? Y'all want to talk about crimes against humanity? You want to talk about a a, a way of life that would probably look at as as weird? You want to? You? I'm sure you take somebody uh, from a religious family and a in a conservative family from the Middle East. Go, go! Just drop them in Hollywood. Just drop them in a random Hollywood party for thirty minutes and see if they don't throw up. Talking about weird. We're the weird ones. Americans are weird. It isn't them. They're they have their ways. And I'm not a fan of organized religion, but I am a fan. Of culture and appreciating cultures, and I'm and I also understand how sometimes some some things they do could look a little bit different in mine. Oh, that's weird for me, but that doesn't make him less human. And that is what breaks my heart is that we have so many people, man, even in, in the in the field that we're in, that just speak so flippantly. Like when I bring, I'm like, hey, man, like there are people dying right now. Like you don't care? Oh no, I do care, man. But you know, that's just how it is over there. No, it's it's, it's it is how it is over there because of us. And South Africa doesn't want to be that. They don't want to be the reason that atrocities are allowed to persist because they either contributed to it or said nothing about it.
1: Yes Nico but what about our democratic values what about our judeo christian values in the west you know you're really just uh, writing and dismissing all of this out of hand i mean what about the rules based in uh, rules based <laughs> international order you know where would it be with, where would we be without the west uh, you know just kind of managing this all uh, keeping everybody kind of organized and in line and you know know their place in the in the in the global pecking order and all this is is that's the nikki haley uh, speaking of trotskyites i'll throw this last one to you uh nikki haley neocons being the new trotskyites i guess of the era Mm -hmm. uh, nikki haley said that there would be no hamas there would be no hezbollah if not for i was thinking israel but she said iran she said iran They're, they're both resistance movements that wouldn't exist without israeli occupation in lebanon yeah and, exactly palestine but that's just so typical nikki haley is like the new sort of uh uh shrill uh sounding board for all of this stuff but uh your final thoughts but
0: she did say pat she did say hillary clinton was her inspiration to get into politics so i think that like that speaks for itself but it's just super it's like weird listening to her talk because she's like you know nothing this would happen without iran i'm like what a, whoa what the and I'm always confused as to how she gets to that point. I'm genuinely, I'm always genuinely confused. I'm like, hold on, did she say that Hamas? Well, hold on, Hamas wasn't around until Israel funded them. And then, like how, I'm confused. Where is she getting this from? Because I, I, I'm because sometimes when people say something, like maybe there's like a loose connection, and I'm not saying that maybe Iran has supported them in some way, form, or fashion, but the existence of Hamas and Hezbollah is because of Israel, and that needs to be made clear. If there was no Israel, Israeli apartheid, Um, In both of those cases, especially in Gaza, there would be no Hezbollah Hamas. But more importantly, if they weren't, in, in Hamas's case, if they weren't trying to fund an opposition that basically turned their back on Israel, they're like, yeah, screw you guys. We just wanted the money. And now you're dealing with them. There would be no Hamas. They're the ones who got rid of the PLO. They're the ones who got rid of the oppositions, uh, the, 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 the peaceful opposition parties and leadership in Palestine to put Hamas in power. And now they're paying the they're paying the paying consequences for it, just like the U.S. did whenever we created Al-Qaeda. And then they're like, yeah, I think we don't want to listen to y'all anymore anymore. anymore and did what the hell they wanted to do. That's what happens.
1: Yeah, Hamas uh, got a little bit too uppity for Tel Aviv, uh, apparently, and now they're regretting it. But, uh, you know, in all seriousness, uh, your points very well taken, uh, Nico, and absolutely spot on, really, if you want to put this all into proper uh, geopolitical and historical perspective. Nico House, Hotspot Media. Nico, give your platforms, your channels a big shout out before we break. Go ahead. Yeah, you can find me on hotspot
0: media on Twitter at hotspot hotspot also you can follow me on Twitter at real Nico house. I'm also on YouTube just look up uh, Nico house my name should pop up and I K-O, and I C O for all you people out there house. Um, I'm also on TikTok and I'm on Instagram as well at real Nico house. Yep.
1: And as the 2024 election gets underway, you want to be following Nico and his reactions, his takes on what's happening in U.S. politics. He'll be very much on point. Thank you, Nico, for joining us at TNT this week.
0: Thanks, Pat. Appreciate you having me back on.
1: There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Nico House, top of the hour news headlines coming up. We'll be back with a whole lot more on the other side. Basil Valentine, Christian James. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a few.